That is strange. You're listening. Hello. You are listening to. Hello. To the sound of the splendor. You're listening to the sound of the splendor. This is the sound of the splendor. Splendor. Oh, I I'm Ooh. like hotter mm. than mm. you. You are. <laughs> Do I talk louder than you? I think I you're don't... quieter. No. No. Now you do it. (laughs) (laughs) So today, kind of what I wanted to do was talk about how we met and how The Sound and the Splendor came to be. Let me start. I was thinking about this because The Sound and the Splendor starts before The Sound and the Splendor started. And it's an interesting story, I think, because in 2013-14, I had a band that was like, I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I've been meaning to do. Like, And then two days before our photo shoot, our guitar player was like, um, I'm quitting the band. And as I was listening to him tell me the reasons why he wanted to quit the band, there was this moment, like, it, it was like lightning, like this split second flash in my mind that was like, this is great. Go with it. It's fine. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna fight this. I'm not gonna tell him he sucks. I was like, I'm just gonna listen to that, like some weird stillness that was not from me, right? And I was like, okay, it's okay, this is fine. So then the band fell apart, which sounds so stupid, like my band fell apart, <laughs> oh, right? But so from that, it was sort of like the last, like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember thinking, okay, God, I've tried all these things, like, I've tried making music at church, I've tried this band, I've tried asking people to be in bands, I've tried all this stuff and nothing is working. What do you want me to do? And I just was like, I give up. I'm like, I'm literally just gonna put my hands in the air and go, whatever, whatever you want to have happen, will have happen, but I'm a creative person. I can't stop creating. I can't stop thinking and planning and dreaming and processing and whatever. So I was like, I saw in essence, I said, here's my prayer, God. Please let me do whatever it is you want me to do. I'm not going to try to control any of it. Just going to try to do what you want me to do. So I sat down and I said, will you give me like a name? (laughs) Right? Give me a name, would you? And (laughs) literally, the sound of the splendor. I wrote it down and like walked away from back slowly away from my notebook. Like, what just happened? The sound of the splendor just came from nowhere. And it was so funny. So I'm like, that's not from me. I don't, and I'm not trying to say this is like some divine whatever. <laughs> it was just the weirdest experience. Cause for the entirety of my life, every artistic endeavor has been like all this work and it's this and I'm trying and I'm pulling and I'm pushing and I'm grabbing for something. And the, the sound of the splendor was like, bloop, just popped right out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just the weirdest thing. And then from that, it's like everything has been like that. Like meeting you, get, like not just meeting you because I had met you before, but like the process of inviting you in was so weird. It was like I could not get you out of my mind, which why would you be on my mind? I had seen you like two <laughs> times ever in the world. And, and I never even talked to you really. And so it was so bizarre. So I'm like, why is fancy on my mind? I don't know fancy. Like, and then I wrote a song. <laughs> <laughs> to fancy. <laughs> but I didn't know I was writing for you until I realized I was writing it for you. <laughs> this is weird. So weird. So, yeah. yeah. I do remember the first time I heard that song and I started crying and I was like, what is going on? I have no idea what's going on, but I feel like I need to be doing this thing. Um, so, yeah. So just for a little bit of insight. So Melanie and I met basically like two times mm-hmm. prior to, maybe three times, because I think there were two practices mm-hmm. maybe we both attended. Mm-hmm. 
there was like a women's mega music group uh, that was um, volunteering for a church event, um, a women's like leadership training event. Uh, we both were just singing in that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we actually talked really at either of those mm -mm. practices or at, during the event much. Mm -mm. I specifically remember like you had a shaker and I remember thinking something and that's all I remember about you is that you had like a black shaker and I remember thinking I hope she knows how to do that I don't know some people think they know how to do shakers and they don't so true oh my right? gosh we rant about really bad percussion players yeah for just right and so I literally remember thinking oh I hope she's good at that so we'd only really been around each other like twice and hadn't really talked before mm -hmm. so it was kind of bizarre that you wrote a song for me mm-hmm but I did want to cue it up and oh. have everybody hear that song. <laughs> so here it is.
but I couldn't remember the chords underneath oh. it. So you can hear me go, and then it doesn't do anything. <laughs> I always laugh at that when I hear oh, it. That's awesome. I oh. wouldn't have ever known that. So I have a little bit of a surprise for you from this song. So this is a drawing I did. It's a self-portrait I did hmm. um, when I was going through like some really rough transitional seasons uh-huh. in my life. Can I help you? Yeah. Take that. I'm showing Melanie my journal from like my years when I first graduated from college. And I did this uh, self-portrait of myself um, where um, I was super depressed and just felt so hideous. And Um, I did a self-portrait of, like, every flaw that I saw on my body, and it's super detailed. Like, if you looked at it, it's, a lot of it's super exaggerated. I have a really asymmetrical face, but everybody has an asymmetrical face, but really detailed, um, drawings of, like, moles and ribbing in my lips and snaggled tooth and um, just a lot of things but I remember standing in um, standing in the bathroom and um, I don't know just getting ready in the morning brushing my teeth or something and catching like this twinkle in my eye from the light in the bathroom and being like well that's really pretty it's really funny that like there's this this tinge of beauty in a cloud of so much darkness that just feels like I've got diamonds in my eyes. (laughs) So I wanted to share that with you because this is part of what was going through my mind when I first heard the song. Um, This, I mean, it's just a doodle in my journal, but it's a portrait I feel like means a lot to me in a pivotal moment in my life and um the other thing too that really struck me in the song was I think I mentioned to you about um I can take this I mentioned to you about the the fact that I have I've had these dreams since I started having them when I was like six years old Mm -hmm. which was also a like a pretty momentous year in my life for completely different reasons. Mm -hmm. I think that year triggered sort of escape dreams where I remember in my first dream, I was just jumping on my bed and I leapt so high off the bed that I started flying. Mm. And um, it was from a room where I had been abused that I leapt off of this bed. And um, I always would have these dreams like, I would have like some sort of like nightmare sort of situation and they're like regular recurring dreams I still have um, where it's like I'll be facing some kind of obstacle near-death experience or 
um, just something really frightening and terrible is happening. And some point in the dream, I remember that I can fly and I'm usually running away from whatever it is that's chasing me down. Mm -hmm. And then I like, I'm like, oh yeah, I can fly. And then I fly and then the dream like switches and it's just like this, right. Yeah. I forgot I have my own set of wings and I can totally fly. So when you sent me that song, I was like, this girl's been like (laughs) reading my journal or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird because I remember when I wrote it, it, so it was one of those songs, I don't know how, if you have songs like this, where like you write it in a day. Just comes yeah, right just out. Yeah, just comes out, spills mm-hmm. out, and it ha- you have no control, and it's like, what, what, what is this, right? Yeah. So I remember I wrote it as fan- or as Katie was, I was asking Katie, do you think Fancy would be interested in this? And Katie's like, oh yeah, she'd love it. So I wrote it in that time, like literally walking around with my ukulele in my house, texting and emailing and thinking and whatever. And it came out, and I just remember... Hear, and it sounds so like woo-woo when I say I hear this voice. It's not a really, it's just my head, right? And it's like, well, that, there's, that's Fancy's. That's hers. So give it to her. And I'm like, what? <laughs> give it to her? Like, such uh, a weird, so weird. Right? Like, it sounds so weird. It does. And I've never, ever, I've written poetry for people, but people I've known for years. I wrote, yeah. write poetry for my kids and my nieces and nephews, but never before have I been like, yeah, here's your song I wrote today, you know? <laughs> and so it was this strange moment, and I remember thinking, well, I guess the worst that could happen is she could think I'm just some weirdo. <laughs> I don't know her anyway. <laughs> so I just remember thinking, well, and it'll happen. Something will happen, and it'll, it could be good or it could be bad. But, yeah, so I wrote and sent you a song. So <laughs> the mad that is the magical story of how... <laughs> Melanie and Fancy began this journey (laughs) (laughs) through a song. So I guess then I had wanted to check, take you back a little bit and talk through like, by the point that we had met, you had already started doing a blog, Mm -hmm. The Fearlessly Intentional Life. Mm -hmm. And um, I had been stewing for gosh, a few years on a blog concept that I really wanted to do. I had envisioned initially that it would be like my blog, Mm -hmm. but I just constantly felt really overwhelmed with it Mm -hmm. because one, one, I felt like my interests were too scattered and I really wanted to do like too many things. Like I actually bullet pointed myself (laughs) because I was like, there's too many things. (laughs) Like I wanted to talk about my personal faith. I'm Christian. So I was like, this worldview is a huge part of Mm -hmm. how I see everything and experience the world. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about faith things. I felt like I'd gone really dry in my own. I used to draw a lot. I mean, you saw like my journal. I used to draw a lot. I used to write poetry and music a lot. And I just kind of gone in a really dry spell for a few years. And I felt like I needed to make something public for like the accountability sense. Like not like, Oh, everybody's waiting for you fancy. Yes. But, but kind of like, like in a sense, it's like I, I, if I shared something like online, Mm -hmm. I felt like I don't know, it'd keep me in some kind of routine of, like, even if it was, like, forced out, Mm -hmm. I would be practicing myself and hopefully, like, regenerate some of that joy that had been lost for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted that, and then there was, like, this whole thing around, like, I mean, I'm super, like, resourceful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think a child of 
just a struggling single mom mm -hmm. and um, just knowing kind of like how to make a turkey dinner out of the bottom of the cereal box, yeah. you know, like, so wanting to share some of that stuff, like little DIY projects, mm -hmm. wanting to share like really inexpensive, healthy recipes mm -hmm. and... Uh, I mean, kind of, it was all over the place. Fashion, politics, current events, the media, career stuff, family, marriage, home, lifestyle, travel, technology, and other kinds of, like, digital organization stuff. And I feel like kind of what happened when, when you shared with me the blog that you had already started and been working on, mm -hmm. um, it was like, oh my God, it's like we want to do the same thing. And um, so much of, like, the... The root behind it was about not being afraid, being really intentional about what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. And even if people look at you like you're crazy for deciding to do that, but going with your intentions and just st sticking with them. Yeah. Um, a lot of it had to do with like me just choosing to um, move forward and like expressing all these things that I had that I felt like I needed to share. I just constantly like feeling overwhelmed by it. I couldn't do it all on my own. The other thing that was kind of cool too is one of our teammates, Chloe, she was kind of a similar story where I made that sort of like on a inclination sort of like walking in faith kind of invitation to her. And she had, I didn't even really explain what the thing was about, but was like, I just feel like she needs to be here. Yeah. And uh, same thing, I had only really like met her once. I had never really like had any conversations with her. Yeah. But invited her to come. She drove all the way across town for like a four hour vision casting yeah. meeting. With strangers. Yeah. yeah, nobody she knew except me. Yeah. And we hardly knew each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's been awesome and it's like yes. plugged in in the same way. And after that first meeting, she pulled me aside and like grabbed my shoulders and was like, I've been wanting to do this exact same thing. So yeah. it's really cool. Mm -hmm. When I started with The Sound and the Splendor, like I said, it was like my final surrender, hands up moment of like, okay, I'm not gonna guide this. I don't know what it is. So I wrote the words, The Sound and the Splendor, with no concept behind what that would be. I just knew it was something. And so it's the first time that I have, within a project, not tried to steer it in a direction. Hmm. It really is. So I, I didn't say, it's going to be an album, it's going to be a book, it's going to be a whatever, because that's what I've always ever done. Um, I'm going to build a table, I'm going to make a painting, right? This was the first thing I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to let it happen, right? And so in that process, it's been really weird because my mind is trying to grasp, like, what is it though? It, what is it? It's this thing. It's got to be, it has to be this one thing or else it's nothing, right? And so... So it's like self-discovery right alongside of the moment when you ha realize that what you have inside of you is something valuable to share with others, no matter how you share it, no matter if it's through a book or a song or a dance or mm -hmm. a painting or whatever. And so it's this weird like progression from claiming a project to saying, no, I'm not going to claim a project. I'm going to see what unfolds by just being really open and honest and sharing. Yeah. And that unfolding is what The Sound and Splendor is. What I've discovered is that the way that I've been connecting with everybody is through stories. Mm -hmm. It's stories. Our lives are a story. Everything is a story, but it's so weird when you sort of step into the place of understanding that, because we all struggle, I think, with feeling valuable or feeling legitimate or feeling like what I'm going to create matters. Mm -hmm. 
or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or it's it's important or it's not, or it's weighed against yeah, what's just like trying to find sense of meaning, yeah, purpose. Yeah, and then and in that also struggling with sense of worth and value, like mm-hmm. and but but I'm not as pretty as so and so. You know what I mean? And like I'm thinking of that picture again. <laughs> yeah. I read it this morning because I was putting this stuff together and I listened to the song. Yeah. I texted you. I was like covered in tears because I was like, wow, I forgot how pure that moment was. Yeah. And then I'm thinking of this picture and I pull it out. I'm like, I should totally share this with Melanie. Yeah. And then I read the journal entries that are kind of wedged between it to like figure out, okay, what was going through through my mind? Like I remember the feeling, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember the events. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, it's like... It's word word for word. I can read to you. It's like, I am meaningless. Like it is, it is exactly those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something about stories that are really powerful that, um, even just like these little moments that like you share a song, your song itself is a story. Mm -hmm. The, the way that it moved me in a moment is another story. And there's something profound in those moments where you experience a story that I feel like can change your disposition or change your perspective or mm-hmm. can bring about something that's going to make make a new season in your life. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of like when the sound and the splendor started like taking on a shape of its own Mm -hmm. and some clarity was realizing that it was about all of these different kinds of moments and stories that people are experiencing and kind of in the middle of that i think for me coming into the sound and the splendor a lot of it was around this desire to pierce through a culture that for women is degrading in so many ways, devaluing. The words that I'm, I've written on these papers are not just my words. I feel like it's a plea for so many women mm-hmm. who have to struggle through so many just identity and sense of worth and value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of it is tied up in outward sorts of things, uh-huh. but it penetrates down into these like your sense of worth. I guess the desire there was to foster some kind of camaraderie Mm -hmm. between women, band together, and whatever, I mean, differences aside, Mm -hmm. you might be of a different socioeconomic background, you might be of a different political agenda, Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is, you know, ethnicity, there's so many different places that you can come from, generational, Mm -hmm. intergenerational differences, and just wanting to bond together, women sharing moments together Mm -hmm. of humanity Mm -hmm. and um, hope, I guess. Um, and spurring people on towards loving one another and doing awesome things Mm -hmm. and being fearless and being intentional Mm -hmm. about those things that they feel like they should be doing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that keeps coming to my mind as we talk about this is that most um, stories that you hear where um, something happened, this pivotal moment in someone's life, where they went from maybe dark to light or that transitional moment, tends to be wrapped around a story not necessarily like 
I moved to Virginia and then everything was good, right? It's like there's usually someone's story was told to them and that story was like the tack that they could pivot off of, right? That they, okay, finally, now I get it. Someone else has lived this. Someone else has gone through this. Someone else survived it. Or look at how this person's tragedy was turned into this unbelievable goodness or whatever. And stories is the theme. It's someone needs your story. In my marriage, for example, when stuff was so hard and I just thought I can't continue. I have to divorce my husband. I hate my life. And it was the moment when my sister told me she shared even a fraction of something I had gone through. And it was like, mm -hmm. finally, the yeah. lights turned on somewhere way far down deep. I could barely, barely see it. But it was like, <laughs> there's light, right? <laughs> like it's not death and it's not what I thought it was. And someone else has gone through it. Someone else that I actually know as close yeah. as my sister, which apparently I don't know her that well, <laughs> but, uh, that moment of realizing like, Oh, I can, I feel like I can breathe now. Yeah. I'm not suffocating, even though I kind of am, but I'm kind of not now. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the it's, proverbial silver lining right? on the gray cloud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, that is what I'm really seeing is that story. It's the humanity story. It's the, it's not the religious story. It's not the orientation story. It's not the, I mean, those things are in the story, but mm. really it is just the story, right? And the connectivity there. Someone needs your story. Someone needs your story. And that's valuable and it matters. And your story, Fancy, of saying that you're meaningless and you just want to feel loved, someone else needs that. And you didn't know when you wrote that that someone else needs it, but someone else needs it. And that's freaking amazing, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. To hear more stories or learn about upcoming events, please visit thesoundandthesplendor.wordpress.com.